Hello, I'm Tom Kazi, and welcome to uh, Voices. This is uh, the third episode of Voices, and I'm going to be interviewing uh, a dear friend of mine, uh, Sean LeCue? No, <laughs> Sean Logue. Yeah, my name is spelled L-O-G-U-E, Sean Logue. It is confusing to people, but one phrase I use to make it easy for people is, I'm going Logue. <laughs> That's actually probably the first time I've heard you say that, but it's awesome. <laughs> I'm going low. That's great. Um, so, uh, so John and I've known each other probably for about um, two, well, solid two years. Where I think uh, we've we've uh, met every week of those two years, literally. I mean, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, like like myself, Sean loves karaoke also. So we're gonna start with some. Standard questions for this uh, voices, this to get paint a picture of who Sean is, and uh, so Sean, um, when did you first start karaoke, and uh, what was your experiences from it? Um, we'll, we'll start with there. Before I moved into Washington D.C., I actually didn't go to karaoke more than maybe once or twice. I'm thinking, I wasn't a big karaoke person prior to my life in D.C., but karaoke actually became a very big part of my life in Washington. Uh, it didn't really take long after I moved here. I went to several different karaoke venues uh, in my first couple of years in Washington, D.C. Um, I remember also going to Arlington. I think uh, Roadside Grill had uh, has karaoke. I think they still do karaoke, actually. Uh, and I know that I had gone to some uh, events related to the Obama campaign, there was this uh, event called Sing for Obama. Oh. Probably one of the best times I ever had was going onto a rooftop of an apartment building and singing with a live band. The live band karaoke thing really, really brought me brought me some energy and action that I had never really experienced. I felt like a rock star. It was awesome. That's great. Um, so I've been to Roadside Grill as well, and uh, they for a little while they they um they didn't have it, uh, but it's uh, brought back. Um, Damon actually is a meetup organizer um, that's uh, trying to bring that back. They also have it on Thursdays. Uh, I always remember the dance floor there. It's like um, uh, there's a, no lack of space for dancing, so the performer is actually the center room of the dance floor. Yeah, that just generally tends to be true about the. Uh, venues out in Arlington. Arlington's venues are spacious. It's still an expensive, uh, it's a county rather than a city, but it's still, it's still an expensive place, and it's right near D.C., but uh, you can still get a lot more space per square foot than you can in Washington. Uh, Washington karaoke bars are a little bit more condensed. Uh, usually older bars, they might have a uh, second floor, but usually you have to get there by stairs. I think that might be true in Arlington too, but there are some much bigger spaces there than there are in DC. That one's nice because it's um, it has it's directly on a uh, metro line. I'm actually I didn't know about this uh, live band. Um, that was one of your first experiences. So, what was your song that you sung? This won't surprise that many people. It was 
Don't stop believing. <laughs> That's great. Now, I mean, I got, well, we were on a team together. Um, we, were, we did a performance karaoke together, and that team's name, like, uh, actually, when you guys first told me, it wasn't until you told me the name of the team, I was like, yeah, man, but Weekend at Journeys. <laughs> So many funny references with it, as in, um, you know, at first I was, you know, the funny thing is we never actually, like, um, implemented Bernie in. Yeah. <laughs> Our team called Weekend at Journeys, and I don't think a single time the entire season we ended up doing, like, a keep trying to make someone play dead and move them around. <laughs> We, we, that was probably one of our greatest regrets, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but it was just, uh, it was so much fun. Uh, yes. So, uh, um, so when was this, um, so when was, when did you start getting into karaoke? Like how long ago was that? So we're talking 10 years. Uh, I moved into Washington DC in 2008 and immediately got into karaoke, yeah. um, pretty immediately, within the first few months I was here. Uh, I wasn't as regular uh, of a karaoke goer in my first couple of years here, not until about 2010. Okay. And you probably could guess, well, this is for Tom, because he knows me very well, where he could guess where I went oh. to karaoke okay. in 2010. Yeah. Sally's. Yeah. Costume karaoke. Yeah. Uh, so, for those who don't know about Costume Karaoke, it's on the U Street, off the U Street Metro. It's really close to the U Street Metro. And you could um, go uh, up. Uh, now on, it's on every Thursday night uh, in this nice little dive bar. And now they have a partnership with uh, Sloppy Mamas, so you get barbecue food there. Uh, and then uh, you go up, you put on a costume, and you sing. You also don't put drinks on the costume table. It's very, very important. If you ever come into D.C., you, you must wear a costume, and you do not put drinks on the costume table because we need to keep those costumes clean because people wear them. So those costumes are... are um, you don't have to specifically come with a costume. They provide a costume for you, and it's, like we had mentioned the first episode, uh, it's meant to be an icebreaker. It doesn't have to be a theme, but if you want to have a theme, you're more than welcome. <laughs> and it's totally okay if you want to bring your own costume. You, you know, as long as you're wearing one, it doesn't matter if it's one of theirs or if it's one of yours, you just have to wear a costume. And there have been a number of occasions where I brought my own costume uh, though probably not as frequently as Tom. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see. What is it going to say? Uh, what is your... So, uh, I know you love Don't Stop Leaving. What are some of your favorite songs? In my early days of singing karaoke, before I did uh, the performance competitive karaoke, I really would go up there pretty much every time and sing Don't Stop Believing and then sing um, <laughs> it would be uh, Queen. So it would yeah. be Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. So, I mean, I love, absolutely love Queen. Um, and uh, Queen, I sing multiple songs from Queen, but I definitely sang Bohemian Rhapsody more than my fair share of times. Perhaps it's because I just am 
naturally a crowd pleaser. I want people to enjoy themselves. Although not everybody literally enjoys themselves uh, when I sing Journey in particular. People don't complain about Queen as much, though. I love Queen. Uh, and I've seen Sean sing Queen. It's great. I mean, uh, because you you go pretty d- deep into the catalog. It's not like, um, uh, I mean, uh, I love your... Your t- um, when you sing uh, "Don't Stop Believing," no, but no, don't don't stop me now. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah don't stop me now. Uh, and then uh, you've done "Killer Queen," right? Yes. Yeah. So that's a song that like a lot of a lot of people don't like um, know. Um, like uh, their songs, they're great. They if you take a Queen album, you put it on. It's amazing. Like uh, the songs that people don't know, and they they are you know like the tracks go back quite a bit. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, but so uh, off the game. What's off the game? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, was it? Uh, I can't even remember. Uh, you know which one I'm talking about. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the one that's uh, the vanilla vanilla ice <laughs> ripoff. Oh yeah. Under pressure. Yeah. yeah. Pushing down yeah. on me. Pushing down on you. Ice, ice, baby. Do, 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 do. Vanilla ice, ice pressure. Pushing ice, ice, baby. Yeah. But there's just so many great songs by Queen. And uh, like yourself, I also, uh, when I first started going to karaoke, um, I was a huge Killers fan. I sang every song out of the, that I could locate. So... Um, my go-tos were at that point a lot of songs that most people like. They're not like a, it's some. I actually didn't do Mr. Brightside until I left DC for a little bit. <laughs> so I've been doing this for like a year and a half at least, so closing on two years, and I didn't do Mr. Brightside because uh, speed is actually the the pace of a song it still gets me sometimes. And like um, uh, that song was particularly difficult, but um, it was uh, uh, one. Yeah, like, uh, once I've done Mr. Brightside, I was like, wow, this is great. But uh, yeah, I did um, Reason Unknown, uh, Spaceman, Dustin and Fairy Tale, uh, pretty much everything off of Sam's Town that was available. And uh, if you can't tell, I'm I'm a huge Killers fan. Like, I will go to other states to see <laughs> the Killers. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say that. I don't have the same appreciation for killers as you, the killers as you do, Tom. Uh, but clearly, I definitely would say that Queen. I the songs are also very challenging. Um, some of them have a lot of um, improvised oh, yeah. portions. Uh, Somebody to Love is actually a really good example oh, yeah. of that. That's a very, yeah. um, where uh, Freddie just kind of riffs at the end of the song. Um, I think that's also. Yeah, that's also a little bit true in Don't Stop Me Now. Yeah, yeah, both uh, of them. Yeah, and the other, I know Bohemian Rhapsody is a little easy. Probably one of the reasons why Bohemian Rhapsody is uh, played so much in yeah. karaoke bars is because it's a little bit easier to sing. I mean, it has lots of parts. It's still very complex. Yeah. But um, it's also easy to pick up on, and the parts are very clear. Where the other songs are a little more challenging. I mean, they're they're great musically. They're fantastic musically. I'm thinking of somebody left, but to actually try to mimic it in karaoke is a lot more challenging. Yeah, yeah, and um, I still like find myself working on somebody to love like um, 
a lot because it's technically very challenging in that um, the voice is very, um, it's, it um, uh, goes through a, a lot of different um, resonances. As in it, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of beauty in that voice and it's not just, it's hard to express all that emotion it's uh, it's a great song. Um, uh, the one that I actually like recently sung that I was very happy with, and uh, was Radio Gaga. It was awesome. Like I could not believe it, and uh, it got a huge like response out of the crowd because you know it's not. I mean, for the younger crowd, it's not um not a song that you would see in all the karaoke books either. Yeah, that's actually our uh, teammate, Gerald, that sings that. He actually knows that song very well. Yeah. And that's actually one of the few, few Queen songs I don't know very well. <laughs> I mean, I know the song. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, yeah. I've heard the song many times. It's just uh, not not uh, one that I really have the tune down to actually sing. So uh, you, I don't think I've ever actually done Radio Gaga in karaoke. Well, I'll be looking forward to seeing you do Radio Gaga. <laughs> so uh, we'll do it together with Gerald tonight. <laughs> but yeah, perhaps we will do it together. Um, only problem is I don't think that songbook has Radio Gaga. Yeah, yeah, it's it it happens. <laughs> Songs that we we can't sing because it's not in the book, but it's all right. Uh, anyway, um, so having known Sean. Uh, like uh, one of the things about like uh, within this like performance karaoke like uh, we had a lot of, there were some concepts of people always jumping teams and getting to be uh, friends with new teams and are um, getting new teammates and making new friends and this was you know like really a really awesome part of it uh, um, so my way of doing that was being on multiple teams like multiple nights you would have a team kind of thing and I'd do this like multiple seasons and and it, it does get a little bit exhausting but it, one of the beauties of this is I got to stick with one team and um and experience um like uh chats you know like uh in our I think in a lot of in several different types of friend groups you get close enough and you're working on stuff together that you you just chat up a storm is uh, kind of what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still we all still pretty much talk to each other from our last team. Uh, neither of us have done it in the 2018, and we finished at the end of 2017, and here it is, the end of June, and we're still having conversations in the chat. Yeah. So, I mean, really, when you talk about making some really good friends, uh, I mean, there were some people on team, Gerald and uh, Evan are couple of people from the team that were on, that we were on together that I've been friends with for many years, but also, but also getting to know Sarah better, getting to know Tom, of course. Uh, Bex. Bex, yeah. Where we have a birthday party to go to tonight <laughs> as well. So yes, all these wonderful people. Maybe, maybe Tom will interview them at some point. <laughs> so I'm hoping, I'm piquing the audience's curiosity and, about and we'll these. we'll see Christina tonight. Christina. Yeah, Christina should be coming out tonight too. Yes. So, um, uh, who else is? Um, uh, we'll have. Uh, and uh, we haven't had a chance. I haven't had a chance to reach out to Jeremy uh, lately. But the the chat is just like um, uh, it's literally a chat storm. It's it's a uh, it's great. And uh, and uh, through this experience of chats, like um, you know, when you are on the same team for a while, you develop some good chemistry, really good chemistry, and some interesting creativity. Um, uh, because you, uh, you know, 
I can tell you the first season that wasn't Weekend and Journeys, the, you know, the two seasons of our, we had a team called Three Seashells. And the first season, I can definitely tell you that I, I liked a lot of the stuff we did, but we were not experienced enough to pull off quite what we wanted. And like, I was actually really worried the second season that we had burned up all our good stuff. But this is where, where I really was wrong, and it was awesome that I was wrong, because uh, Sean really stepped up with this creativity, and um, the source of this creativity is very interesting where he got it from, uh, because I started seeing it at the end of the first season, we were just riffing on, on like, oh, we need a playoff number, and it was, uh, um, we're like, oh, we're, we're all talking, you know, we, we, we're, we're in a way almost like kleptomaniacs um, in that we love buying things from Amazon. So it was like near Amazon Prime Day. And Sean just starts like, like um, uh, looking at it. Somebody suggested the song Thrift Shop. And then all of a sudden I see all of these lyrics like come through my chat. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? And, and I had known that Sean had started improv and... Um, and I was like, oh, this is beautiful. So I'm going to let Sean talk about um, his creativity process and uh, a little bit more about how, how he ventured into this. So, yeah, improv, of course, you don't really, when you're writing things, rewriting lyrics, uh, writing things down, it's not improv whatsoever. But I can tell you that if you want to be good at Expanding creativity with writing, with uh, performing, both it's both the actual stage type presence, being able to understand how you look on stage, but also being able to really step up and have a freer way of thinking. Improv is fantastic. Um, something that improv really helped me with was making um, connections, like. Um, there's this philosophy called A to B and A to C. So if you ever have heard anybody talk about improv, you might have heard this before, but the, it's very simple, A to B and A to C, when you think about it, which is that you take, let's say, cupcake. That, think of something else that makes you think of cupcake. It's sprinkles. But really where improv takes you to the next level is they also tell you to go from B to C. So you don't just think sprinkles on a cupcake. You now think, what, what does sprinkles remind you of? And you may think of, uh, like let's say, salt. You sprinkle salt on, on your food. Salt has nothing to do with cupcakes, right? But, but you may thought of salt because of sprinkle. And that's what's really great about improv is that you take these ideas... Because you ever, ever hear them ask for a suggestion from an audience member? They get one word. Well, how do you think someone who does improv actually goes out and comes up with this crazy show? And that's funny. You have to, you can't just take salt. If I went up to the audience and, uh, in, in the audience and said to a pe group of people without training and said salt, they'd be like, um, I guess we're going to talk about crackers for 20 minutes. No, it doesn't work like that. You don't talk about crackers for 20 minutes. You also have to think, well, well, what does crackers remind you of? 
Uh, maybe fireworks, because fireworks crack. And fireworks have nothing to do with salt. So there you go. So now I, you take that connection. It's just an amazing thing. What it does when you take an improv class is it helps you take that creativity in other sources. Uh, you can rewrite, so if you want to do some creative uh, musical projects where you want to write song lyrics, whether it's rewriting something for a parody, which is something I love doing, or writing something uh, from scratch, a comedy piece, a song, you name it. Improv helps a lot. I think if anyone ever wants to do comedy or anybody wants to do anything creative, even acting, acting is a great example, uh, music, writing music, improv is a great foundation because... You, learning the skill sets for improv, even introductory level improv, you really get the foundation that this is something that will make your life a lot easier when it comes to thinking of ideas. Because without it, uh, sometimes I'm just like, ah, Tom was right. I'm, without improv, it's like, I'm out of ideas. I can't think of anything. I'm, I've pulled every idea out of my head that I can think of. With improv, now you take every idea you came up with out of your head and think of associations to those ideas. And then you have three times more ideas. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, um, I mean, uh, so Sean actually um, <laughs> convinced me to take improv classes. I'm uh, currently at level two. It's, it's fun. It is a lot of fun. And uh, uh, I just love uh, watching uh, uh, good improv. I mean, it's just even. I mean, it's just a a great way to tell a condensed story. It's uh, such a awesome like the to see it happen live. You're like, oh my god, you know. And you uh, the whole concept of like working together. And you know, it, it in our karaoke experience, we actually and um, had to really understand working together because uh, one of the biggest challenges with a, a performance. Um, Based karaoke, especially in a team format, um, uh, the team round was passing passing the mic, or you know, like figuring out who's singing what. And uh, I don't know if we were the most coordinated bunch. I think we were like maybe perhaps the least coordinated because I think Sarah actually was like, "I cannot believe that we're gonna win without dancing and choreography," <laughs> which which is like which is pretty awesome. It means that like you actually have to come up with some pretty creative like uh numbers in order to win without <laughs> like uh relying on dance so it was it was uh cool to be in that set uh and uh, we got to a point where we were very unselfish in that we knew exactly like um that even if you're not singing you can still be uh performing an act and really buying in and supporting the act and have a scene and people are singing um uh, uh, in different stages, but you know you can act out what you're doing. Uh, so, with that said, I mean, um, uh, Sean has finished the the Washington Improv Theater curriculum, right? I have, um, and I think it's good that you brought up dancing and choreography because you really need that stuff for improv too uh, when you're performing. Um, if you're not the best dancer in the world, I can tell you that improv at the advanced level, that's not going to be the stuff they teach you in the beginning. 
The advanced level improv really helps with that. Uh, so in the Washington Improv Theater, in the last two classes uh, that you take, uh, one is called, uh, called ensemble. And the purpose of the ensemble class is to help you mirror and do all these exercises to help you do group scenes so you can participate in something as a group rather than just, uh, you probably see improv a lot where two or three people are up at a time and then they tag out and then two more people go up. But there's also these group scenes and group scenes just like with the with our competitive karaoke, they take a lot of uh, planning and mapping out. But when you're improvising as opposed to doing karaoke, you can kind of, with karaoke, you can block, meaning you just write, take notes and say, at this minute, at this time, you do this. At this minute, at this time, you do that. So karaoke, it's a little easier because you can use blocking. And blocking, of course, is used a lot in arts, like um, doing, um, for example, a theater piece. Theater pieces have a lot of blocking. Um, but with improv, you're not going to block. You're going to actually make a lot of stuff up on the spot with a group. So there are these exercises where you get to um, mirror your partner and try to do the same thing the other the other uh, teammates the other teammates doing basically, or in this case, classmate. What can I say that's really profound about this? I think the biggest thing and you still probably have to do it to really get it, to really go through the class and, and you know, if you go to a theater in a different uh, state and most likely, of course, the big theaters like UCB, Second City, not trained by those schools yet, but uh, they, there's, there's all this stuff involved. Like you block, uh, you really have to know what your scene partner is doing and really understand so you can respond properly, so you can react properly, and so you can even move your body properly. But uh, the big secret is instead of looking at the instructor, like when you're paying attention to uh, your instructor and your instructor leads the motion that you're going to do, you don't follow the instructor like you would like say in a yoga class. You actually follow your classmate or your teammate. So that was something that really made things easier. It made idea of me participating in simple dance moves, simple social dancing. Uh, like sometimes people like to dance and I go to an event or a social event where dancing is involved. No longer do I follow, no longer do I get lost if I, because I don't know who to follow, and no longer if there isn't a leader, do I necessarily always follow the leader. I follow the person that's right in front of me, and then I can be more, if, I, if I'm just paying attention to the person that's right in front of me, and it can change. If you're in a group and everybody's doing the same thing, you might end up moving your head. It changes. You pay attention to the person that you see and you mimic what the person you see is doing, it works so well, it's crazy. You might have to go into class and have somebody teach you this to do it, but man, it is incredible. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, no, I, I'm 
I don't think I dance that well, but I, I, it's not like I can't move either. But it's I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of Sean's improv. Uh, speaking of improv, one of the great things about uh, like uh, Sean's experiences is, is he's also done musical improv, which is pretty awesome. Uh, yes. Um, in Washington, D.C., there are now a growing list of teams that do musical improv. Um, I uh, was part of Laughing Next Theater's Wonderball uh, for the past season, and that was a very, very fun experience. Uh, one of the things... Uh, I learned to do is to actually make up a song on the spot. Um, there are usually some basic tips involved with uh, musical improv. Uh, there's like a stru- song structure you follow. You, ha- you have a little bit of a cheat sheet to make it easier for you to actually sing a song because yes, 100% singing a song in improv is a lot harder than just making words up. Yeah. I would say the um, the workshop that um, that musical um, improv workshop. Even though I had no training experience whatsoever, uh, that was a lot of fun. That was an incredible amount of fun, and uh, uh, it was it was just it's amazing uh, to see. And um, I, um, uh, I mean, uh, I'm doing improv uh, for for creativity purposes and hoping to learn to write and and be a better uh, performer in general. But uh, I wouldn't rule out, like, wanting to do a musical improv, like, uh, adventure <laughs> at some point in my life. Uh, and uh, speaking of that, um, uh, I, will we be seeing more musical improv at some point from Sean? <laughs> to be determined. Um, interestingly enough, while musical improv is very challenging... I also want to explore traditional improv more and really like aspects of traditional improv. So what you find for me is I'm actually a recent student and graduate. I'm not one of the most uh, most experienced performers you'll ever meet. But hopefully my perspective of actually going through the process might provide some unique insight from someone that you've seen uh, perform for many years because a lot of times you see someone perform for many years and they're like, man, how do you do it? I'm actually giving you a little bit of the nuts and bolts of how you do it. And honestly, I could tell you, there's some things like if, to be like at Amy Poehler's level, for example, every there there is plenty of stuff where training is not going to be enough. Like to be like the superstar celebrity, there's something you have to have beyond what training. But the training still really matters to get get to that level. So you know, you see, just as I talk about doing little things with karaoke and writing things, Amy Poehler has been an actor for a while, for many years, and a sketch actor before that. Before all that, she did improv. So you think about it, improv really is a really great foundation for moving forward, especially when you like doing things uh, related to comedy. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things I've, um, uh, that I'm learning about improv um, that I many times need to like, remember is um, it's, not, it's just not, not about the lines. You, like, uh, you want to have a, a relationship set, right? And also the... Uh, there's also levels of uh, emotion 
and that you know, like, um, and uh, the, just because a line is written in a certain way, it can be delivered in so many ways. And you learn about this through exercising in class, which mm -hmm. is, which is uh, one of the things I've really enjoyed because um, I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm leaning towards taking level three and you know, getting the, getting more into characters because characters is kind of like, um, in order for me, I'm not, a, I'm a scientist, so creative writing, like. I might, I probably don't have, I have not really, uh, I don't have enough experience with it. So for me, like, this is the fastest way to write short stories um, is to, uh, you can't write um, stories if you can't invent characters, invent characters that actually uh, you could see perform. So this is kind of like being in the, in the moment, in the person kind of thing and trying to, you know, gather ideas as a, uh, um, as a, what do you call it? a brainstorm tool kind of thing. Uh, and uh, so uh, Sean also does sketch, which is also pretty awesome. Um, and uh, you're going to be ho hopefully hosting some sketch stuff for Ravex. Um, uh, uh, so within our showcases, I believe that uh, we usually host a Ravex, Revolutionary um, um, Exchange uh, Productions actually uh, hosts a year, yearly, probably two concerts. Um, and in those concerts, there will be comedy, like comedians, and uh, musical acts. And I believe now we're going to have sketch numbers in there too, which is pretty awesome. And I'm going to let Sean talk more about that. Uh, yeah, so if you're listening and you actually do sketch comedy or just want to try it out, we are going to have a submission contest. And... The submissions will, the best submissions will be included in our year-end blowout performance in December. So, get your thinking cap on, start thinking of some things you want to write, and have it at, have at it, have it at. That may be a new catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, uh, uh, so I've seen, uh, I've only seen one of your sketch, but like I've seen you work on them. And it's really like awesome, like uh, uh, seeing your process. It's just like awesome. Yes, and right now I am basically, for all intents and purposes, still a student of sketch. Yeah. Where I would say at this point, although sometimes it's hard for me to say this by myself, I am a trained improviser, but because I have completed a full curriculum. But I am still a student of sketch, and this is kind of, this is like my next step. Uh, so think about it this way. I'm, I'm not like a famous celebrity. I have a day job, just like Tom. Uh, I'm an analyst. And actually, a lot of my day job, you would never know I'm so creative because I'm behind the computer all day. I'm running numbers. I'm coming up with these suggestions. And a lot of it is very methodical and very research-oriented and not very um, creative. So it's, it's interesting how, I think this is true with Tom too, we have these, this other side of our minds that we want to play with more where we just kind of go out there and see what ridiculous things we can come up with. And it's, it's so much fun. Um, it also goes to show that we both could talk very distinctly about our careers. Uh, we're not doing that. We could. <laughs> And it would be very interesting and very, um, very knowledgeable. But we're doing comedy and we're doing music. 
And those things, you know, they're, they add so much to our lives. Yeah, I would say that, um, like, um, when I found karaoke again, um, it pretty much, well, not again. Pretty, well, yeah, in a way, again, because I had first done it uh, when my, when my uh, best friend graduated. It was like they had a karaoke system, and I decided to sing Yellow Summary. <laughs> but, but beside that point, like, um, when I was in D.C. area kind of thing uh, and uh, got into karaoke, uh, the reason why I got into it and got really into it was the music. Music brings, it does so much. You know, like, you're like, oh my God, this song. I remember hearing it back when. You know, like, and uh, I, you know, like, uh, initially with uh, the karaoke, it was mainly just uh, singing it for, well, you know, the emotions and all that. Uh, but uh, with performance, we, like, uh, the way that our team worked, we, we related really well and we got along really well because um, we we love comedy, <laughs> and uh, I mean I don't believe I'm a, a comedian, but uh, at the same time, uh, you don't have to be a comedian. Is what what we've learned through improv is that you you like um you buy into characters because of a relationship and their groundedness and and the story. You want to know more, and uh, I'll let Sean comment on this. Yeah, if you walk into improv and you start telling a bunch of jokes, it doesn't work so well, actually. And I'm guilty of that, and sometimes it does work. Um, but usually if you tell jokes in, a, in an improv scene, it's because you set up a character, and that's their deal. So like if the character's deal is to tell a bunch of dad jokes, then you just go on and on and tell a bunch of dad jokes, and it works. But hopefully the your scene partner will also be grounded and real, and that's actually what makes the dad jokes funny, because the dad jokes on their own, if everybody just, if two people in the scene just went back and forth telling dad jokes, no, that wouldn't work. But if you have one person uh, in the scene telling a bunch of silly dad jokes, and another person saying, Dad, enough, this is ridiculous, that, you think you're laughing at the dad joke? No, you're laughing at the daughter's reaction. It's awesome. So uh, there's one other, one other series of projects that I think that Sean will be embarking on um, that's kind of a connected path of improv and karaoke is that um, uh, at some point you're going to be actually uh, like uh, hopefully recording some of this um, parody, um, uh, the parody-based songs. So songs that actually have been written already. Um, uh, so um, we're going to go through and try to figure out, um, well, we're going to upload actually live performances as in uh, learn to play some of the music and hopefully be able to uh, share a lot of uh, what Sean has already created uh, and, you know, what he's already created and plans to create more <laughs> because the creative aspects don't stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of, one of the things that I think will come with my training uh, when I tie it all back together, because I love singing and I love music, uh, would be to do original musical comedy. So it wouldn't just be, I still will do parodies. I love parodies. Uh, I have a <laughs> bunch of parodies uh, in mind. So parodies will continue. Parody songs will continue. Yeah. Parody sketches will continue. Yeah. But now I'm also going to 
started thinking of original yeah. songs to write, and, was, and also I'm already working on writing original comedy material. Yeah. No, I'm very excited to to see um uh, see this um uh, uh but uh with that we're um uh, so Revolutionary Exchange Productions also uh, does a lot of other things we create um on a, a lot of different creative levels and one of the things that we're doing is this show um that's a cooking show <laughs> uh and uh everybody loves to eat and uh, it should be released sometime. Uh, this fall, so fall 2018, and uh, there will be an opportunity, I think, to enter in some uh, musical parody within this. So we're we're pretty excited. I believe that Sean will have a uh, a project in there. I hope. <laughs> well, I, I definitely have a few ideas in mind because you can make so many, so many puns about food. So many puns. In fact, I think three of the songs we did in our last season of uh, of karaoke in the competitive world of karaoke were food-related. One was about baking. One was about turkey. Well, two were about turkey, actually. uh And uh, because it was Thanksgiving, of course. And uh, also... uh, Salad. Salad, yes. (laughs) Salad. Of course. Yeah. Salad has amazing puns. Yeah. You know, even, I mean, I'm just going to use one example, and I use this with, with my salad song, is saying the three words in your mouth just always gets a laugh. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, no I, it's been a lot of fun, like, working with you on, uh, like, being able to perform with you on those parodies. <laughs> it's great. And uh, the, the the cooking show, we're actually really excited about it. It's going to be six episodes in the first season, and we're hoping to uh, bring in a musical number uh, in between shows kind of stuff, like intro and outro kind of stuff. Uh, maybe not, like, uh, repeated for every show, but, um, uh, you know, uh, we're a... Uh, Revolutionary Exchange Productions is a is a creative entity. So what you know, art is art comes up in all sorts of forms, and you know, comedy never really stops. I mean, especially right now, <laughs> laughing is, and finding joy is really really important. Um, I've interestingly enough not mentioned politics, but that's actually a big part of my background, and I do nonprofit work, so. The nonprofit work um, gets into politics quite a bit as well. So, you know, I'm not of the persuasion where I'm particularly happy with the direction things are going in. So it's nice to have this outlet where I can actually think of creative ways to make my mind work, to stretch a different part of my brain than I've stretched before, and to also just remember how important it is no matter what is going on, even stuff that affects you personally, to still remember to take a moment to laugh, have fun, enjoy life because, you know, we only live once, so we got to do what we can. And with that, I believe that that brings us to the close of this episode. Um, And uh, any last-minute thoughts that you would like to add? Gobble, 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 gobble. So yes, 
I did a turkey parody. I wanted to just give you a sample. No, it's, uh, and thank you for listening, and I, I hope that you'll be able to check out our other, um, uh, other projects and also events that are coming up. Um, I'm Tamikaze, and I'm signing off.